Hello and welcome back, Deer Camp family. Are you ready for a hunting adventure? Welcome to episode two of the Deer Camp podcast, where we dive deep into the world of hunting. Enjoy your two hosts as usual, Noah Palace and Peyton Mender, alongside various expert guests that share thrilling stories, give expert tips, and everything in between. Whether you're a seasoned hunter or a curious listener, it's time to pull up a chair, lock yourself in, and let the adventure begin. This is the Deer Camp Podcast. Well, here we are, like I said, January 25th, ringing in the new year. This is a uh, depressing time of the year for us, isn't it? It's, yeah, like we were saying, it's absolutely freaking brutal. I mean, got a long ways to the next season, but we got some uh, good things to look forward to, obviously. Um, You know, blink of an eye, July will be here. We'll be throwing cameras up, and I'm sure... I know you got a lot of work to do, um, little projects you got planned on the property, you know, to keep you busy throughout the year, which is always exciting. You know, turkey season, we plan on doing that together. That's exciting as well to speed up the time. I brought my bow down here to Naples, Florida. I'm going to try to kill a hog, another thing to speed up the time, but all to get back to deer season 2024. Absolutely. Yeah, we're just filling our non uh whitetail lives right now with anything we can to keep our mind off of it you know because that's the real bread and butter for us you know you can you could hook some fish and you know shoot some birds kill a hog whatever you got to do but nothing quite scratches the itch like seeing seeing a boy come coming through the woods you know october november hell any time of the year but yeah so here we are here we are yeah, man, we both had a uh, a really, obviously, a good season, um, 2023. Uh, you want to talk about kind of your mindset heading into the season a little bit, kind of what you were expecting? Yeah, um, so my biggest goal last year, because I think many people could relate to this, is I have this big list of shit that I want to get done going into the next year. Like, I want to do this, 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 and then, you know, as life has it, it's September 1st and August, something like that. And you're like, shit, like I'm behind. So my big goal last year was just to make some improvements. I had hinge cutting. Uh, I had some food plots run in. I had a bunch of uh, new stands I wanted to get up based off of Intel from the previous year. So my big thing this year was just to check off everything on my list by September 1. So, I mean, that was my my big goal, I guess, going into the season uh, for that year was just to have that have that long list of uh, chores completed up. And for the first time ever, I checked them off the list. My food plots were shitty, but hey, <laughs> hey you we got, got we, we got to learn. Got, you still got pictures of deer out there. I mean, that's got a good feeling. I mean, got to be a good feeling. I've never had the the luxury to be able to fa- plant a food plot, so having access to your cameras and seeing you out there working in the field, you know, going by the camera and then, you know, four or five, six weeks later, seeing deer in that same field. That's gotta, I mean, it's gotta be a cool feeling. Yeah, no, it definitely was. It definitely was. But yeah, like, like anything else, there's just a lot to learn. So I, I think my, my planting date and the weather just didn't cooperate. I don't think I did anything wrong, really. I mean, could have done a little bit, probably more work to the soil and all that stuff. But as life has it, you know, sometimes you'll throw and grow method just ain't enough. 
Well, that's what next season's for. Live and learn. Live and learn, baby. Live and learn. So I guess going into, you know, this past summer and at the end of last year, um, what was your, where were your sights set on, you know, going into this previous season? Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, um, well, the end of the 2022 season, obviously on Christmas Day, I drew back on that deer called the Big Nine. Uh, he showed up in December and stayed until the end of the season. So going into 2023, uh, <clears throat> all summer long, um, in well, spring and summer, he was kind of the deer. I was like, this, that's the deer I want to get. That's the deer I want to get. Um, I had a feeling I wasn't going to get an opportunity at him until late season. Um, because the previous year I only got one picture of him all summer, um, like September 27th. Um, so I knew he was not really a homebody. Um, I've read that deer kind of move, uh, to different parts of, you know, their home range throughout the year. So I figured he'd be showing up in December. So going into the season, that's kind of the deer, um, that I was trying to focus in on and, you know, hopefully get camera uh, pictures of. Um, but in terms of, other than that, you know, uh, I don't have uh, property that I can, you know, plant food plots and stuff on. So uh, my biggest thing was obviously just getting my stands that are already hung out there uh, cleared up, um, get my trail cameras put up in the spots that um, I've had success in previous years. Uh, but really, in terms of preparation, the only thing I really did this year was uh, some cutting. I hung a stand um, that got stolen. I hung a stand that was pretty pretty close to the stand the previous year that I had some really good opportunities. That, oh, I shot uh, Grandpa out of. Um, so other than that, you know, I didn't I didn't do much work out there, which is something I really obviously want to get into. I just got to get permission from the landowner. You know, um, I know there's a lot of things I can do inside the woods um, to better my opportunity moving forward. Right. Right. And the good thing about your property is, is, you know, like you, you're pretty diverse with the, the ridges and the, you know, the thick shit, the tree lines, and then the big CRP fields off to you with the ag. So, I mean, your stage is almost, you know, naturally kind of set. I mean, there's always things we could do to improve it. Whereas mine's kind of like a forced improvement because I'm just open timber, hardwoods, big block of timber. So I'm trying to, you know, force, force some sort of bedding other than, you know, the woods fills up whenever the acorns drop. And then during, you know, the rut stuff comes through, but whenever it's more consistent, uh, you know, you know, seeing deer and trying to pattern a buck, like you're like, you've been able, you know, had some success with it does does find its own challenges but yeah that property that that current one there where, where you're at is uh it's got so much opportunity because the lay of the land for it you know as it, as it falls is great for yeah whitetail I, I mean i think i may be biased but i think it could be a top 20 60 acre parcel in the state of Illinois. I mean, it's just, it's really set up nicely. Luckily, you know, I don't have bedding on my property, but you know, the property to the north and the property to the south are not hunted at all. And I think they are fantastic bedding areas. And that's what the, the deer move just through my property going from one bedding to the, to the next. So, um, and that also helps obviously with access because I, you know, there may be a deer here or there uh, bedding on my property, which I've spooked deer up before walking to the stand, um, but not very often. I mean, the only time I really spook them is in the morning walking through the field. 
Um, but luckily, since the betting's on both sides, you know, I can get in there pretty quietly and they just travel back and forth going from bed to bed. And that creates a, obviously a really good hunting opportunity. Right. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. Access is a huge one. You know, if you ain't got access, uh, you know, your hunt could be over before it even starts. So mm, yeah. the fact that you got, got good access and you know, that they're not betting on your property that, and thankfully, you know, your surrounding property, you know, the surrounding betting areas aren't pressured at all and all your neighbors are, you know, on the same page. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fun place to go and spend a weekend and chase deer. That's for sure. Yeah, if but it can also be blown to shit real quick as soon as someone starts <laughs> hunting the uh, one of the neighbors' properties where they do bed. I mean, I think that place could be it could be awful. You know, if one of the beddings is screwed up um, and they're not going back to that bed at a certain time of the day, then they're not traveling through the property that I hunt. Um, so so far, so good. I got I've had some really good success out there, and hopefully, we can obviously keep that going forward. Absolutely. So I guess whenever, so you, you know, you were hot after this, this buck this year, this certain buck. And, uh, you know, I guess give us a little bit of a backstory on the buck that you call, um, Trident, I guess, tell us, I mean, why do you call him Trident? Give us some Intel on him, you know, your relationship with him. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, going into the season, um, obviously, 2022, I passed up on him several times. Uh, you also passed up on him in 2022. Um, his right side uh, was really nice in 2022. It was a super hard deer for me to pass, considering I don't have a history of killing a whole bunch of big deer. I, you know, I would say, what, maybe a 140 um, in 2022. But his left side um, was shaped just like a trident. It was very small. Um, not nearly as big as his right side. So, you know, it made him a lot easier to pass. And with, you know, talking to the guys in the group chat, you know, they're the ones that kind of helped me pass him, you know, saying, give him another year, give him another year. And obviously, you know, I'm glad I did. So, you know, I put the cameras out uh, this summer and it's funny. He's actually the very first um, buck that I got a picture of this summer. Um, but when I, you know, I got antsy, I put my cameras out in the middle of June. You know, I don't have a lot of opportunities to come home. So when I do, I take full advantage of it, decided to put him up in June. Um, and I didn't know it was him at the time. So I've been, you know, watching this deer the whole entire summer, um, getting pictures of him every single day, you know, ton, uh, hundreds of pictures of him throughout the summer um, on every single camera on the property. He's not leaving the property. And then finally, you know, towards the uh, late later summer is when they're obviously fully developed. I finally see the split G2 on his right side um, coming to fruition. And as soon as I saw that split G2, that's when I realized I'm like, holy shit, you know, that's that's Trident. Um, and he, you know, blew up. His left side um, was so much bigger uh, in 2023 than it was in 2022. I'm guessing, like I said, he heard it in the velvet season in 2022. Uh, so as soon as I got a picture of him and I knew it was him, um, that's my, my gears kind of shifted. Cause by that time, you know, it's August, I haven't got a single picture of the big nine who I was originally after. So that, at that point I was kind of after, you know, two deer Trident and the big nine. Um, so, you know, season continues, I continue to get, you know, tons and tons and tons of pictures of him. He would disappear for five, six days at a time. Um, but there he was again, you know, just constantly uh, making himself known. And I kind of got a, throughout the year, I got a pretty good 
pattern on him. I So I thought. I knew, you know, like I said, talked earlier, I knew he was betting on both sides of the property. I would get him going to one bed in the morning and I'd get him at night on the complete other side of the property. So he was just, like I said, going back and forth. Um, so going into the season, that's the deer I'm after. I figured for the first time in my life, uh, I've never, you know, been so confident in being able to kill a deer because I've never had the luxury of, you know, getting a, a, a deer that's not leaving the property. I get them every single day. Um, so, you know, I come home early October, uh, you come down from Alma town and, you know, we go out and hunt three days. We had a really nice cold front there at the beginning, beginning of October. And I was pretty confident I was going to kill him that weekend. Um, but didn't see him. I was hunting on my hot spots and didn't see him for, I think, you know, two days in a row. And that third day I was like, you know, I'm going to try something new and go hunt, you know, back behind the dam overlooking a bedding area, um, which where I've got pictures of him before. Um, but I haven't really in years past seen a lot of deer utilize that uh, little CRP field back behind the dam. So, you know, go uh, hunt there and I, you know, I lay eyes on him uh, for the first time. He steps up out of that uh, CRP back behind the dam. Um, and that's kind of was obviously, you know, he could have walked towards me and he decided to walk the opposite direction. Um, and then I had to fly back down to Naples. But I was very confident after that first time home. I'm like, all right, next time, you know, I, I got him kind of figured out here. So, you know luck would have it. I uh, come home during the rut. Well, I guess beginning of rut, end of October, um, I had came home and we got blessed with a really good cold front there. And my first spot, Northwest wind couldn't have been better for that um, behind the dam location. I saw him the first time and I hunted there, I think five straight hunts, which I've read that you shouldn't be hunting that much, but the access to that is so good. Um, and I was seeing so many different bucks, um, just tons and tons of different bucks. I just was not laying my eyes on him and, you know, talking to group chat, talking to you, um, people are saying, you know, if you're seeing, if you're seeing all, a whole bunch of bucks, it's just a matter of time before he goes to that same route. So I decided to stick it out, you know, another hunt and lo and behold, um, there he is. Uh, the second time I saw him in person, saw him from 150 yards away, got some really good footage of him and ended up um getting a shot at him and killing him that night second night i saw him which it worked out freaking fantastic and that is the beginning end middle and end of the story of trident oh man yeah if only if only i had you know the the countless you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna go as far and say hours of conversation that we've had with you trying to, you know, put the puzzle pieces together on this deer. Yeah. And I mean, man, he did look good, uh, two years ago through my, the scope of my muzzle loader on, a, <laughs> on a, on a set and sun and that cut bean field. I was like, Ooh, I was like, he looks good. But you know, as you know, as time would tell, you know, that where we were at and as much as a homebody he was, I mean, the, it was just, he's, it was too, you know, too good to be true for, for that to happen. I was like, man, he's going to be here. We both knew it, you know, um, and we just had a good feeling about him that yeah, I mean, he was really going to turn into something cool. And he did got rewarded for it for once, for yeah. once in life. I've, you know, you get, re I get rewarded for letting one walk because I have yet to 
<laughs> I, just, I feel I let one walk and next thing I do, I let them walk and they walk right across the ditch and right in front of an 18 wheeler. So that's usually yeah. how it goes. Usually how it goes. seems like. And I mean, he's the first, I mean, realistically, he's the first deer that I ever wanted to shoot that I let walk. I mean, I, in 2022, you know, October, I think it was 28th, my very first sit of the 2022 season, he's five feet underneath my stand. I mean, in, in 2022, I, you know, I passed him so many times. I saw him almost every single hunt. I mean, it's just crazy that it's a 60 acre parcel and he just had no reason to leave. Um, and it made it, and once you pass, once I passed him the first time, it gave me just a different mindset. Like it made it so much easier to pass him the second time. Um, you know, I was completely, you know, focused, you know, okay, no, not, not letting him shoot or not letting him not killing him, I should say. And it was just a lot easier to let him go. And obviously I'm happy I did, but yeah, it's like I said, it's the first year in my whole entire life that I have let walk, um, that I wanted to shoot. But because of that, I feel like I'm a thousand times better hunter now. Um, because it's the first time I've actually gone into a season, you know, after a deer. And like you said, we talked about him all the time, just the countless pictures back and forth, trying to figure him out. Where's he bedding? Where's he headed to at certain times of the day? It 100% made me a hundred times better hunter. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you're forced to, you know, that's a, be a good segue into the next topic, you know, relating to my season is patience. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you're, you're patient on, you know, trying, you know, making sure that, you know, once you'd passed him, you're like, okay, he, you know, I, I am going to have more opportunities in the future. This isn't the only one. I don't have to make something happen. You know, if I keep, you know, playing the wind, getting my access right, and, you know, trying to understand how these deer are moving on my property, then, you know, time in the stand is going to, you know, be your best friend as long as, you know, you're following those three things. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, learning patience and how to hunt a deer like that uh, definitely makes somebody a lot better hunter, for sure. That's real-world experience, too. It's not just – there's a way different thing than talking about it and actually living it and, you know – waking up all those mornings and all that stuff and obsessing about them. So yeah, definitely, definitely a good deer to, to go after and, you know, practice all of these things that we hear all the time and have success actually. So it's a huge win. That's a big season. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good, but you know, like we talked about, it's because me and you obsess over it incredibly. So like so much, talking about him every single day for months and months and months and then you kill him it's like fuck it's over like it's over you know it's it was uh it was a bittersweet i mean obviously i was extremely excited that i got him but the second i shot him i was like well now what you know um but i guess it's that's hunting for you, you get kind of attached to the animal that you're after yeah yeah absolutely do and it's only probably that feeling's probably only going to get stronger is the, the more you hunt. And, you know, once you, you know, we're pretty early in our hunting career as far as, you know, shooting, you know, mature, you know, shoot mature deer. Cause you know, as a young person, you know, if it's, you know, if it's brown, it's down whenever you're, you know, in your younger days. But now that, you know, where we are having, finding some success with these deer. Yeah. That feeling of, the chasing the hunt, you know, letting, letting those deer grow and get bigger just to, to enjoy it more. Yep. So it, hard to fathom whenever you see these people passing on bucks 
whenever you're a young person, like, oh my gosh. But, you know, not saying I get it, but I understand it a little bit more now. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I said, I came home uh, end of our, yeah, end of October, early November. We try to, you know, plan our vacation times together. It didn't work out this year. We got to hunt a couple days uh, together. So I hunt, then, you know, fall, the following week is your vacation. Um, so kind of take us through, you know, your experience. You were hunting pretty much, I was kind of pre-rut. You were pretty much prime of the rut. Um, so mm-hmm. tell us, talk us through that. Right. So I guess going back, uh, going back to the beginning. So I, I had trail cameras out, but I, I was trying a lot of new things this year. Um, I was putting them in areas I'd never in the past. And I was honestly kind of going in. I mean, I, I had pictures of some nice bucks based off of like, you know, the spots that, um, as time would tell, you know, through, throughout my history of hunting these certain properties, I, you know, I know that deer are going to be, you know, in these, in this vicinity for the most part, but I was really trying to expand my horizon and try some new things to see if I could target a buck, you know, in one of those far off areas that is really, really hard to hunt. You know, I'm just trying to get an idea on it. So I guess with that being said, I had good pictures of a few deer, but I had no real intel intel as far as like, um, He's bedding here. He's spending his nights here. And, uh, you know, this is kind of where he stays at. Um, I really didn't have much of that. So I guess it was kind of like a shotgun season. And like, like we had talked about too, um, I had bought a small property last two years ago. And last year I was so busy. I honestly didn't even get a hunt at one time. I did not hunt it at all. So I knew nothing about that. Um, and I just, I threw a camera up there at the end of the year, had a couple, had a couple of good pictures. So I guess it was a shotgun season for me. Like you'd say, like I was just, you know, throwing, you know, throwing shit at the wall and see what's going to stick. And then, mm-hmm. it, you know, if I, if I saw a good deer and, you know, kind of what he was doing, as long as, um, you know, I was covering myself well, then that's kind of what I was going off of. So I just look, I was going out hunting far west, east, north, south on my property and trying to hone in on something. And then any intel I got, I was doubling down trying to get go after that. So um, uh, across the road from my house, north side of the road, there's a 40-acre there's piece that I'd never really hunted before. And um, this summer, was that was one of my big projects. I was going to go through and, and I was going to cut some trails in there. Um, it was real ridgy and my, my property and all around me is notoriously, you know, flat, very, very flat, big open woods. And this small piece, you know, it, it had a bunch of ridges. Um, and it was pretty thick, honestly, it was thicker. There's a lot of old ash trees in there and, um, you know, and in my part of the country, the ash borer beetles destroyed those. So we have a lot of ash trees down on the ground and it's, there's a bunch of new growth. So it had a little diversity for me. So I was really going to focus on that this year. And, um, so me and my uncle went through, we cut trails, we did, did all the stuff and got everything, everything pretty well where we needed to be at. And, um, I uh, go and put a stand up and I'm sitting there in the stand, you know, just kind of looking around, not, not really expecting a whole lot, just more of an observation set. And then, um, I hear some steps coming along over this ridge and, um, man, it was the biggest bodied deer I think I'd ever seen in my life. And like, he was just, he looked like a cow walking through the woods, just boom, boom. Like it looked like his legs, like were under so much pressure. So I was like, holy cow. I was like, that is a huge deer. And, um, like I said, the spot was kind of thick and I was kind of nestled in there. And, um, 
this this deer comes around and I'm sitting there, I'm waiting on him, I'm looking at him, and uh, I never I never get a shot at him. And he kind of goes goes on through, and I'm having those feelings like I talked about, like man, that was my opportunity, you know, I really really messed it up. And I feel like in the past I've always been a super super passive hunter. I'm always waiting for that perfect shot. And uh, you know, I've I've shot less arrows as a result of that, but my percentage of uh you know deer on the ground is way higher for that you know so in that encounter you just talked about do you think that you had a shot i i mean i definitely had a shot but it was one of those things to where i mean i i guess it depends on i did have a shot was it a great shot probably not would most people have taken it? Probably. I, I, I have a feeling that a lot of people would have taken it, but the, the reason that I, I didn't take it was just because the deer was oblivious to me being there. So I did have a, I was confident that, you know, that maybe I was going to get that shot at him. And at least if I was going to get that shot at him, he didn't know I was there. Mm-hmm. He didn't act like it. So then that, and, and you know, improved my chances quite a bit. So I remember I called you about it. I was pretty, pretty excited about it. You know, he was a really nice deer. And, um, so then I, I go back in there and I'd seen him a few more times and I'd seen him bedded on this hillside and he just stood up and you know, there he was. And Oh man, I was so frustrated. Remember when I bought that, remember whenever I poured out all that dough urine after that hunt? No. Oh, yeah. You're like, why are you doing that? Cause I just bought it. So I, 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 we go out there and I get in the, get in the tree and I'd get one of those little scent wicks and, you know, I'd put some of the, the urine on it and it was November probably, I mean, it had to have been right around November 1st, 2nd. So, I mean, they I, were, I was, was I down there? I think yeah. I was, yeah, I was, okay. I was down there for that. I remember. Yep. Yeah. And so as that, as I, as I put that up, here comes this deer again, he's on his, his same trail. And, you know, this is me, I feel like trying to force the situation instead of letting something happen. Oh, I'm going to put this up. It's going to, you know, the wind's good for it. He's going to catch it, come right to me. And, you know, it, I, I didn't have any reason really to do that based off of my prior sets. Like I said, I was just, wasn't being patient. I was trying to force it. So this deer, he comes over the hill and he gets down and he kind of sniffs, sn- starts smelling this urine estrus and uh you know it's it's the time for it so i mean it's not out of season not abnormal but he goes and he's like looking around and then just boom he's just looking around looks right at me looks at my stand i don't i mean i don't know if he's seeing it me but he's looking right at me and i'm, I'm kind of standing up like this you know ready ready to go and i am 100 percent convinced so what i do is i i pull back and, you know, he's about 35 yards. He's kind of quartering two, so it's not a great shot. But he has, like I said, he was such a huge body deer. I had a big target. And I was pretty confident I could have, you know, I could have clipped along. And um, so I, I pull back. And as, you know, as I'm pulling back, he's looking at me. So I'm like, it's do or die time. He's looking at me. And as soon as I pull back, I go. And as, as, as my finger's hitting that trigger, he turns his body, I shoot and I'm, you know, I miss him by, you know, inches and he runs on top of the hill and looks at me and, you know, kind of walks off. So it's like, I, you know, I was frustrated. So do you, um, do you, do you think if, was he, was he so locked on? 
was so locked in on you that it was either you draw back and take the chance or he is just going to stare at you and then turn around. Like there's, was there any opportunity there to, you were thinking about, all right, I'm just going to wait and not draw back while he's looking at me and hope that, you know, he's really not looking at me. He's not catching on to me and he'll just continue to do what he was doing and I'll get a better opportunity. Or was it, I am fucked and he knows I'm here. It, it was both. It was both because, you know, he was looking in my direction and he was stopped. So in, in my head, it's like, you know, if, if I let him walk this time and he knows something up, something is up, then I'm, I'm basically, you know, essentially screwed because if he's been in this pattern for the last few days and he sees something, knows something's up, and then boom, he's gone. Uh, you know, I'm, I was going to be pretty frustrated. So I felt like it, I honestly, you know, I'll never know because I took the shot. But if I wouldn't have taken the shot, you know, could he very easily have just stood there for a while and looked around and then, you know, just kind of veered off in a 45 and gave me a much better shot. You know, very, very well could have. But, you know, I was also paranoid because he was looking around so much. And I know it was him smelling the urine and trying to locate a doe. But in the meantime, I think he might have located me, but I, I wasn't fully aware that he did or not. So that's why I was uh, pretty frustrated at, you know, after the fact. But that's why I had uh, rushed a shot that I would never take. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if he would have stayed put, it would have been, I would have put a hit on him. It would have been, a, it would have been a good shot, you know, if he would have stayed put. But just given the whole scenario that he was pretty, uh, on edge to begin with, you know, put a lot of pressure on me to where I started rushing things and speeding things up. And, uh, you know, as a result, I didn't, didn't get him that deer, you know, down on the ground. So that was a rough, that was a rough day for me. And then, uh, <laughs> and you think, um, so you think that urine, you know, without that urine there, you just, let's rewind back in time. You don't put that out. You go mm-hmm. to the same exact stand. You think you kill that deer. Yes. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I don't know who I heard a video one time and I, it's kind of stuck with me cause I've never really done anything like that. I used to, when I was, you know, five, six, seven years ago, when I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, I would put every goddamn cent in the country out there thinking it worked, but I, I heard that, you know, let deer do deer things. Um, and I, that, that sticks with me. I don't personally, I mean, a lot of people kill a lot of big fucking deer putting the scents out, you know, doing the mock scrape stuff, um, hunting over top of those mock scrapes and it works out time and time again. But then you hear stories of people saying, you know, don't do that kind of stuff because big deer aren't stupid. They know it's not real. And I don't really know which route to, to which everyone's got their own opinion, you know? Right. Right. I definitely think it's kind of a, a gray area. I mean, there's a, there's a difference. I mean, hell I've, I've seen before on the market one time, they had little things you put on your fingers and you sit there and click them together and it sounded like a deer eating acorns. So it's supposed to be like, like, like that, you know, I, I've heard of hunters telling me about that, that said that those were things that actually used to exist, you know, and I, do I think that's gimmicky and not useful at all? Absolutely. Something like that. But as far as, you know, Whenever uh, I, I enjoy mock scrapes for inventory purposes, mm-hmm. like uh, like a summer inventory type thing, I I whenever I first started putting them out, I did want I wanted to stick them right underneath the stand, you know, thinking that you're gonna get that money shot. He's gonna come in, boom. But you know, as as well, I look, when I say mock scrape, I mean I think 
I think mock scrapes 100% work. I'm talking more about like you have the the drip thing. You know, you can buy, go buy oh, right. something that drips like a fake, oh, yeah. you know, urine 24-7 into that. Stuff like that. Like does that – obviously, you know, when they're selling the product, they're going to have an absolute giant sitting there licking that or smelling that. Right. Um, but – out of a hundred deer, how many deer are going to go up and, you know, be attracted to that smell mature deer and out of the hundred, the same hundred deer, you know, how many deer are going to be like, mm, that's something's not right with that. That's not normal to me. I'm not going to mess with that. You know? Right. Absolutely. And I, I don't know what, like you said, whenever it comes to like, there's, there is a big difference in survival on how they go about surviving, whether it be, you know, a, you know, a, a year old, spike versus a six-year-old bruiser you know they're night and day on how they walk and roam the woods and the choices they make so definitely i could see that some of that stuff you know deterring you know bigger bucks <clears throat> whenever you're after a specific buck and not just any deer then yeah i think that you know that urine definitely hurt me because he was like you know, even if he did, even if in his mind he was a hundred percent convinced this is a doe, he is now stopped. He is fully alert. He's listening. He's smelling. He's looking. He's doing everything he can to locate this doe. And in the process, if I'm twenty five yards from him in a ladder stand, you know that doesn't that's not a good recipe for me. So I would much rather not have any of that stuff. And just let them think they're alone in the woods and let them, you know, make, you know, let them make mistakes instead of me. Was your, was your setup, you know, let's the, was you, was the, the wick that you put out in the same direction of your scent? So do you think that he smelt, you know, the urine and possibly your scent as well? Or were you positioned, you know, elsewhere to where there's no way he could have smelled you? He smelled 100% smelled the urine or do you think, you know, it was possibly a little bit of both? So, I mean, I think it could have definitely been, I think it definitely could have been a, a little bit of both, but the way that the area that he was coming from based off, cause I was, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm in a ridgy area and uh, there's, you know, there are some saddles there. There's some thick stuff. So, I mean, the wind does kind of, swirl a little bit the thermals are, are a little bit different because the w place that i had the wick is at a different elevation than where i was so in that 35 yard difference there's quite a bit of elevation change and so in my my wind was kind of blowing you know it would have been in my face kind of coming over my left shoulder where i'm at and i had this um wick kind of down in the bottoms like directly you know to the left of me if i'm facing forward so I mean that that wind could have could have came through. I I really don't think it was my wind. Um, I mean I know you can't. I mean you, it's really difficult to full buck, especially one of that nature. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you you know how crazy we are about the scent control stuff going out there, yeah. and you know the the wipes, the gloves, the you know the full tote, the full everything. So I mean, I don't really haven't really had a huge problem getting busted. I mean if a deer big bucks directly behind me at the wind of my face. Yeah. But I really think, um, I really think in my heart that he caught the, the smell of that estrus and he was alert and he's like, man, I don't see her. What's going on? Where's this at? And then, you know, I'm what's sitting the, there what's standing the there. Fuck, what the fuck is that thing in the goddamn tree up there? Yeah. And he's like, now you think of it. 
How you think of it? Ain't no fucking dough. I'll fucking see you up there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you 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 have that first encounter. You know, doesn't work out in your fucking favor. Sucks ass. Obviously, you're pretty torn up over it. Story continues. Keep going. Yeah, story continues. So I'm in the same the same block. So I I give that about you know I, I give it some time, and then I go to the opposite side of that property, place I really hadn't been, and. I uh, I think it was it was like first day first second day of my vacation, and um, I said I'm staying I'm gonna sit here I said this is a this is a, you know this is a natural pinch point to this big big blocks of timber, and I know they are cruising a lot and I know that there's a lot of big deer that come through this ridge, so I'm I, I get there an hour before sunrise I'm sitting there I'm like here this is how I'm gonna sit here. I'm going to sit here all day. If the wind changes, you know, I'll go somewhere else on this piece of property. But, you know, the deer are moving. They're on their feet. This is a good spot. Get while the, you know, strike while the iron's hot. So I was going to be putting as much time out and stand in this area because it was, you know, based off of my property was my, felt like my best chance to get a deer. And uh, so there I am sitting and about 1130, this, you know, buck comes by. And, um, he comes from behind me, which was not expecting at all. And, um, he comes from behind me and he's walking down this, uh, this little like bottom of the saddle and he comes up and man, like, I want to lie and say he was like 35, 40 yards away. And it was a terrible shot. It was windy, but I mean, man, it was dead silent. He had not a clue in the world I was there. And he was probably at like 12 yards. And I don't know what happened. I pulled back and I'd shot and I had shaved this hair off his belly. And uh, he took off and there I am, second day of my vacation. You know, something to look forward to all year long. And then two missed opportunities at two, you know, you know, very close to what would have been, you know, personal record, biggest bucks I've ever shot. So here I am, you know, just kicking myself in the ass you know when we you know there like i said there this this shot shaved the belly pair off of it and um it, it cut him open a little bit but it was not non-lethal shot whatsoever and i knew it in my heart instantly i was like i'm not finding that deer you know i'm gonna put in all the efforts i possibly can but uh yeah we we uh, got the family together and uh gave it some time went in there and you know Blood trail dries up, uh, and then there we are, November 3rd, you know, best time of the season. I'm two properties over, you know. I'm calling, asking permission for other people's, and I was like, man, hey, this is the deer. You know, I shot a deer. This is what happened. I'm not I'm not going to be spending any more time ruining these other people's hunts, you know. If, you, if they're going to allow me to come back in, that's great. I know they're just being nice, letting me go through and do my thing, but – at the end of the day, you know, I made a mistake and it was a, it was a rough one. It was a rough day for me. You remember how I was freaking depressed. Yeah. It was a rough time. And it was, so it, it was a perfect broadside, you know, no problem shot. You just got excited and missed it. I, yep. I, well, my, my bow, um, you know, it's a, it's a fairly new bow. It shoots pretty hard. And this deer, you know, I, I guess I need to practice shooting the target three feet away from me. So, and you know, but I, I just aimed low. I, I aimed low thinking that, you know, if it, 
because my top pin's a 20 yard pin. So I'm thinking, you know, if he's, if this is my 20 yard pin, I'm dead on and I'm shooting at five yards. You know, I, the last thing I wanted to do was be that close to him. And my, mind you, my tree stand that I'm setting in, I'm only like 12 feet off the ground. So it's not like there's this giant angle to where I need to aim super high, you know, to, to get him. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the angle that I was shooting him at, you know, with him being on the hill was fairly, you know, there wasn't a ton of angle there. Um, so I, I just, I'd aimed low and he was so close to me. I had no idea how he couldn't, you know, have any idea that I was there. And it was just, you know, he was walking. I didn't, I didn't make any noise or anything. He was walking slow, but I took the shot as he was walking and, uh, just did it real, real quick. And yeah, it was just right underneath his belly. It had been a different story if I'd have seen him coming, but uh, I didn't, and there we go back to again to, you know, just the situation and uh, getting some real world experience in some you know difficult s- scenarios. Yeah, do you think I've never shot a deer? I've seen people do it a thousand times at a slow walk. They shoot them. Do you think if you would have gave him a quick, you know, just something super quiet just to stop him? Um, do you think that could have changed the outcome there? Do you think him walk? Cause I'm, I don't think you've ever shot a deer on the wall, like on no. the move before. So you think that possibly could have messed you up a little bit? It could have, because I mean, the routine for me, you know, whenever I've shot deer in the past, I've always stopped them. And, um, but I think just given the scenario that I was so one-on-one with this deer that I thought that, you know, if, if a deer is, you know, 25 35 yards away and you do it then he might stop and see what's going on but if he's from you know me to the you know the wall in here you know and i make that make that noise he might not even give me a chance he just might tuck his ass and take off kind of scares him a little bit yeah because it's like if somebody does that you know if if you hear something from you know across the you know across the yard way off off in the neighborhood you're like what the heck was that if somebody's like whispering in your ear you're like two different reactions 100 percent. yep so that's kind of what that's kind of what i was going off of i guess and uh i guess uh yeah i just made made the decision i thought it was correct in the time and uh, i mean i practice shooting my bow quite a bit in the summertime you know uh not as much as i would like to or probably should so that'd probably be something that's on our plate this year is me taking a lot more more time uh out there but it's a hard line between being a conservative bow hunter and saying hey i'm not taking a shot unless this deer is broadside and doesn't know i'm there and you know is just giving me a great shot not you know that's that's what we all want but especially like me and you talk about especially for people like me and you and you know i would say 98 percent of the hunters that don't fucking have all year to hunt don't have you know 15 different bucks that they're after a lot of times it is like you get that one opportunity on the week you know you take for vacation um so it's hard it's hard to be cautious and not take shots that are a little bit risky because we don't have the luxury of having unlimited time to hunt, you know? Right. Right. And like I'd said in the past, I was, I was that conservative hunter and I've let a lot of deer walk that I was in my head. It's like, man, that's not the perfect shot. You know, he's, he's a little bit quartered to me, you know, he's a little bit too much quartered away. Yeah. All this stuff, you know, there's countless examples, but 
I know that there's been deer that I wished I would have shot looking back on, or at least taken a shot at that. I didn't mm-hmm. because I was waiting for that perfect opportunity. So like I said, it's a catch 22, you know, if I do get what I'm looking for nine times out of 10, even higher than that, it's, it's a dead deer. Mm-hmm. But if something comes from out of nowhere to where I don't see it and he kind of sneaks up on me and there is some brush and he's kind of like looking around doing one of those things and you're trying to get pulled back. And it's like, well, you know, that's where I feel like the, the experience in those situations are the best. Cause you can only, you know, it's hard to prepare for, you know, the unexpected. And you can't prepare. And I don't give a fuck who, who you are out there. You know, the one listener that we have or the a thousand listeners that we have someday, every fucking one of them has shot and wounded a deer. Um, and didn't find it. I mean, if you are an experienced hunter, every single person has wounded a deer and not, it's just a part of hunting. I mean, it sucks. Obviously you don't want that. You want to have a perfect shot every single time, but there's some situations that you said you can't, no matter how many times you practice shit goes wrong. Um, deer mm-hmm. duck, deer duck, the freaking arrow, just the littlest things can, can happen. Um, so it's not like you're the first person to ever make that mistake. So right. you missed that deer. Um, obviously extremely upset you still have a little bit of vacation time left mm-hmm. uh so take us through you know the rest of your vacation time and go from there so that next day is november i think 5th that next day after i had wounded that deer so what i did was i slept in that morning i slept in i ate a big breakfast i got my head right and i was like <laughs> you said fuck that deer i'm gonna have a big breakfast <laughs> that's exactly what i did so I'm gonna eat my I'm gonna eat my feelings away. Here we go. And uh, I sat down and you know I had my coffee and I sat there and I just kind of chilled out a little bit. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to get it done this vacation. So I was trying to you know I was trying to get in the right headspace on why I was out here doing this. And it wasn't to you know because you know prior it was I'm after something that has the most amount of bone on its head. And that's, you know, that is my goal. This is what I'm after. This, you know, that checks my box of success this vacation if I get that done. So with all that unwanted pressure that I was putting on myself that next day, I took some time and tried to relocate, re- recenter myself on why I was doing this, you know? So, cause I was upset. Like it was, it's, like we joke about it obviously, but I mean, anybody that really takes this stuff seriously, like we do, then it is really upsetting whenever you whenever things don't go as planned, but Oh yeah. Um, I mean, if I were you, I would have nose, I mean, head first out of my tree stand and broke my neck on purpose. I know. I know. <laughs> I was thinking about just like sawing off my, you know, my tree stand rope and hoping the wind would pick up or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. So you get the big breakfast, you got your fucking head right. Yeah. Keep going. Yep. So that goes on and I go out, go out to my property. So this is my property that I, that I purchased that I'd never hunted. And I go out there and I had some success. I saw some deer and then I'd seen, uh, I'd seen this eight pointer before dark. And, you know, I probably did have a shot at him and I was like, you know, I was like, it's one of those things where like, uh, where's he at? You know, it's like, uh, I was a little gun shy from the day before. So this deer walks by. He's a little bit further away. It is. It's legal shooting light, but it is close to dark. 
my pins are, you know, it's hard to see on them a little bit. So I was a little gun shy. So I was like, I'm just letting it go. I'm letting him go. And I'm going to sit out here, enjoy this sunset. You know, it was a good day of hunting. And I, I texted you and I was like, man, I was like, saw a nice eight pointer tonight. I said, I was, you know, pretty excited about him. I thought about shooting him. I said, if I see him tomorrow, he's, I'm going to shoot him. And, uh, you're like, oh yeah, cool, cool. And we talked about it and we we're excited. So then I'm, I go out that next, that next night, same stand and wind was great for it. And, um, yeah, about, I was out there for maybe an hour or two and it was November 7th at this point. And it was, and like, it was yeah, it was hotter than pissed, wasn't it? It was like 72, 70. I was in my lightest clothes I owned hunting and I was pouring sweat and, uh, I go out there and I'm setting and. He comes trotting by, comes trotting by with his nose down, that same eight-pointer. And I see him coming from up from my right, and he's crossing right in front of me, you know, just as they kind of travel in this area. And he, you know, he travels right in front of me about 20 yards. And, you know, I'd ranged this spot, so I was really prepared, trying to, you know, expect the unexpected going into my next hunts, trying to range every little tree, everything, trying to remember it. And I get him to, you know, great, a great, uh, point where I knew where he was and pull back, shoot. And it just makes that, you know, that like a deflated, you know, bolt, like a balloon popping or like a, a arrow going into it, whatever it is, man, it was, it was a crazy sound, but I knew right then and there that it was, it was a great shot. And, uh, he runs off, runs down the hill, up the hill. And, uh, I could see my Luminoc in him and then I just see him tumble, see him tumble. And, and then, you, so you smoked him, smoked him, just freaking Dub, smoked him. Double lung, double lung, double lung. Almost, you know, my, uh, my fletching was about center of his body and the rest of the arrow was all the way, it wasn't a complete pass through, but I mean, it went all the way through him Yeah, and just blew up his lungs that rage did it went right through there it was great but yeah it, it was just it was reassuring i can remember it picture it so well because it was such a a good experience and like sigh of relief that after all the struggles that i'd had leading up to this point that you know i was recentered and i was focused and i was patient and you know buried the shot as perfectly as you you know somebody can do it so it's like man i i didn't lose it you know i still do have it in here so yeah uh, it was exciting. So yeah, that uh, that that buck. He was a nice. He was a nice eight pointer, and you know he was the biggest bodied deer that I had ever shot. Um, we're we're enjoying him now. So he's got some got some good steaks at him. I got his uh, got him freezer full of meat, a taxidermist bill. So you know it was a successful season. Nothing nothing else I could ask for, and I and I learned a lot. And the coolest part about it on your own fucking property that you yes. bought yourself. You hung the stand yourself. You know, we've talked about that for the last 10 years, man, I can't wait to own property someday. Well, you got it fucking done. And on top of that, you got it done in the deer stand that, you know, that year, which is obviously gotta be a, a, a you're ne that, I mean, you're never going to forget that deer for as long as you live, considering how much owning a, your own property means to you. Yeah. And be able to kill a deer on your own property um, is just fucking badass, dude. Yep. I mean, I could, I could see that deer piled up, you know, 60 yards away from me. But you better believe, you know, I, I see him piled up. I see the luminoc out of him. But you better believe I've blood trailed him. I found every drop of blood with my headlamp. You know, he's, he 
as I was walking up to him, I was six feet from him and I was looking for blood. I just wanted to enjoy every, you know, every second of it. And yeah. then had got to have my, my dad come out and then my, some of my family and all this other stuff. So yeah, it was a, it was a great experience and he's going to live, he's going to live high up on my wall here for, for a long time. So it was a very, very good season. Yeah. It'd be cool to, uh, I don't know, fucking 50 years from now, if you're not dead, show your, you know, <laughs> your kids, you know, or your grandkids by that point, shit, you know, that's the first deer, you know, I killed you know, 50 years ago, right there behind the house, you can take him to the exact tree you shot out of and you, you'll never forget it, man. It's cool. Yeah. Yep. Come on over here, skinhead junior. I'm going to show you where grandpappy put the smack down. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that's good. Yes, it was. Yes, it is. Man, that's a, that's a good season. It's a good season. But, you know, here we are at 52 minutes. Do you want to uh, continue your uh, your your story? Or uh, yeah, I'll let's make hear it, it quick. Make it quick. Um, yeah, so I, obviously, I mean, I shot that uh, you know tried in October 30th, um, and I am an out of state hunter now. Even though I've, which is fucking bullshit, by the way. <laughs> Illinois, change your goddamn laws. I've grew up in Illinois. I've hunted Illinois my whole entire fucking life. I should still be able to get in-state shit. Anyways, I'm out of state. I can only shoot one. <laughs> yeah, just only... you. Just you. Fuck everybody else. Fuck everybody no, else. I need no, it. I hate out-of-state hunters. But if you're born and raised in Illinois and lived there your whole entire fucking life, your whole family's still there, I should still get in-state you know, privileges. Anyways, that's another fucking topic. So October 30th, I killed Trident. Um November 13th, uh, my camera goes off and I get a big old 10 pointer. Um, and, but like I said, I can only shoot one with my bow. So I'm kind of honed in. I already have vacation planned, um, coming home, you know, the day before Thanksgiving and staying until second season. Um, I get this 10 pointer on camera. Um, and same kind of thing is, uh, you know, Trident, you know, the, the week and a half, uh, in between there, I was getting him quite often on this camera, on that camera, on this camera. Um, and he looked really freaking good. Um, so, you know, I, I go, that's, I'm not saying I, I was kind of after, there was a couple of different deer I was after all, you know, deep down in, I was praying the big nine would show up before I came home for shotgun season. Um, there's a couple other deer out there that, you know, weren't homebodies on my property at all but I've got like one picture here, one picture there that I would have loved to got an opportunity at. So I wasn't really after that 10 coming home. Um, so, you know, I come home and I'm home for a week until I can even shoot a buck. Um, so I'm still going out, obviously, you know, I love it so much. You do too. I can't even shoot a deer, uh, shoot a buck and I'm going out, um, you know, for one, you know, thinking about getting a doe um, and two, just going out just to sit. Um, and I had a lot of really good encounters that seven days. I had a, uh, a big old eight pointer, you know, at 30 yards that I could have shot, um, which I think he was a mature deer. Um, at that point I was kind of a little bit after him, honestly. Um, but you know, four or five days before shotgun season starts, um, I'm sitting on one side of the property and here comes that big 10, um, walking right at me. Um, and I got fantastic footage of him. And the second I saw him, I'm like, Oh my God, I want to shoot that deer. Just a really big frame, you know, super wide, uh, not crazy height at all, 
but just a big frame deer, which is kind of my, that's what I love. I just love a big frame deer, um, like a big typical. Um, so I get great footage of him and, you know, I pick up really, I, I knew exactly where he was headed. He was headed behind the dam, the same spot where I shot Trident. Um, and I learned pretty early in the season, you know, they talk about doe bedding and there's buck bedding always close by. Well, the 40 acres of CRP um, over there is doe bedding. Behind the dam is 100% buck bedding. I saw a ton of different bucks back there. That's the direction he was walking that morning. Um, so I figured, I'm like, he's bedding back there. Well, that uh, next night I go and hunt over on that side of the property behind the dam. And, you know, sure enough, he walks out. Uh, about 50 yards in the cornfield, um, you know, below me, obviously still bow season, had no shot at him with a bow anyways. Um, but he comes out of the, you know, behind the dam, walks right in this path, and I let him walk. The next night, same exact thing, like clockwork. He walks, you know, from behind the dam, same exact path through the field, and obviously I have to let him walk again. This is Wednesday night, the night before shotgun season. Um, so I didn't even hunt. Uh, I'm sorry, for the morning of uh, – Thursday, uh, for second shotgun season, the first day I did go out in the morning and hunted that same stand, still had a good wind for it. Um, it was warmer and I was thinking I was going to catch him going back to his bed that morning. Um, because I saw him leave the bed that previous night when I was bow hunting. Um, so I figured he'd be going to the neighbor's corn, uh, slash beans, and then I would catch him, you know, walking back in the morning. Well, I did not see him walking back in the morning and I can see a, a long ways from that stand. I for sure thought I was going to get eyes on him, you know, whether it's 300 yards away or I'm going to get a shot at him, you know, um, no shot, um, at him. Didn't even see him that morning. So that night, you know, I was really skeptical. I'm like, you know, maybe he didn't go back to this bed, you know, this morning, he's going to go somewhere else. So I was, you know, back and forth. Um, and Chris Brackett always says, if a deer does something two times in a row, he's going to do it a third time. Um, so I decided, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back to the same exact stand. And, I mean, it worked out freaking the same exact thing three nights in, or yeah, three nights in a row. I mean, he took, I had the, the footage of him. I have the night before on that Wednesday, um, compared to where I shot him was almost the same exact spot in that field. I mean, he did identical um, and I put, you know, it was a 50 yard shot with my shotgun, uh, obviously, which much rather would have taken him with my bow, but out of state, don't have that opportunity to kill two bucks. I put a really good shot on him. He goes, you know, seven yards and tips over, um, blew up both of his lungs. Um, so the old H and R baby, you know, H and R single shot, 20 gauge. Uh, I swear to God, it's the best gun out there. Um, it's a fucking tack driver, tack driver. You get everyone go out and try to buy one. If you can find it, they don't make them anymore, but they're great guns. So yeah, I, uh, that was, you know, so I was able to double down this year. Um, something that I never in a million years would have thought Two really, really nice deer. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a crazy season. I couldn't have, I couldn't have asked for a better season. And I had a lot of really good encounters with other deer. Um, just good shit. Just good shit. Yeah, man. He's a good, he's a good buck. I know. He's, he's a good wide deer. I, I like a big old fucking frame and he's got it. Um, I don't know what he'd score. I mean, I don't, but at the same time, I don't really, I mean, I don't care. I do care, but he had a big body. I know he's a mature deer. I'm thinking, well, you know, four and a half for me is a mature deer at this time in my life. 
Um, I think he's a four and a half to a five and a half year old deer, you know, in the future, obviously I'm going to, you know, when I have a whole bunch of experience, four and a half deer will be like a two and a half year old deer to me now. I'll let him walk every single time. Um, but he was, it's not like he was a three and a half year old deer. Um, so I'm pumped about it. I mean, my first one was obviously bigger in terms of, um, antler size, but I do think the 10 pointer, um, I think he was a possibly a year older. If he was five and a half, five and a half. Um, which he may have been maybe four and a half, five and a half. I know Triton was four and a half. So, right, man. Yeah, that was exciting. Whenever you called me and you're going out with a gun, I knew you were gonna like. If I call you before, uh, call you before sunset, then I shot him probably. And yeah, sure enough, phone's ringing at like four o'clock. I'm like, I was like, that lucky son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, I even had that. Fuck, I wish I was filming, man, but that's for next season. I'm going to get my own camera set up, but I took that video. I saved the group chat. You know, I took a video of him as soon as he stepped out of that CRP and I said, here he's, he's coming boys. Wish me luck. And I mean, I, I, the second I saw him, dude, I knew he was dead. I, it's just one of those things. Like I knew there's no way he was going to smell me in a million years. My window was blowing right in my face. Um, I knew he was going to take that same trail and I got it done. It was crazy, but I feel like I'm a fucking professional hunter sitting up here talking about it. In the grand scheme of things, guys, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I just got lucky. <laughs> so basically what he's saying is that whenever this video comes out on podcast and we we name it, so whenever this, this podcast episode has a name, the title is going to be Piece of Shit Out-of-State Hunter Kills Two Bucks in Illinois. <laughs> hate out-of-state hunters even though i am one now i still fucking hate them. no dude no nothing nothing against that anybody would if anybody would freaking shoot those two deer in, in your shoes regardless those are two big beautiful bucks those were awesome yeah. like everybody was excited for you you know you worked hard for it it was a good as a good year for you yeah it was really good and it just gets you to the point now it's like all right now next season so real quick we'll talk about kind of you know what we kind of learned this season, you know, a quick one, two point and kind of what you're looking forward to next season. Go. Right. So one, two point, what did I learn this year? Patience. That's a big one. Patience. And, uh, expect the unexpected patience, expect the unexpected. What I'm looking forward to next year is I'm looking forward to getting, putting up my trail cameras. Fuck yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, that's the best, the best thing of the year. You know, I, I love, I love putting up cameras. It's, it's, it's an obsession. Everybody, I mean, we, we have it. So cameras are, you know, reasonable nowadays, but you know, I, I'm, you know, I guess on a more, on a more serious note, I'm, I am looking forward to applying, uh, you know, the things I learned this last year, patience and, um, just, you know, sticking, sticking with it. And, uh, that's what I'm looking forward to most is applying those, uh, going into next season and, and seeing, you know, seeing where that gets me and, you know, other areas I can improve on. And you got and one thing to look forward to, um, unless a neighbor shot him late in the season, you got that big fucking, you know, beautiful, is it a thing? It's a 10 pointer, um, out on your property. You Billy? Know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking Billy. 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 Yeah. Billy's yeah. running. I, I don't want to speak too soon. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping he's still, I'm hoping he's still out there, man. But yeah, if, if Billy, uh, you know, Billy, Billy's a big, beautiful buck that I saw the end of this year. I saw him in September. I saw him in October, so November. 
and uh, and then I guess again in January. So uh, he's uh, he's made it as far as January. So if Billy makes it next year, you know he this might be a this could be the beginning of a story. Yeah, he's gonna be special. He's Very a big special. boy. He could yeah. be a big boy. Mm. So my one-two punch. Let's see. Um, number one, access. Um, I think that first time I was home, that stand I was hunting because it was so close to my house. Um, the access was so good. I think it just it just shows how important access is. I know for a fact not a single deer knew I was getting in there. I knew not a fact not a single deer was smelling me because they're all below me. Winds blowing in my face. It just show you know you always hear talk hear 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 people hear people talk about access you know when I saw that firsthand um, with how good that like location was for four or five days straight because everything was so perfect um, getting in there and the wind in my face um, number two I mean shit I learned number two is uh, breaking down trail camera pictures this year that I learned because for the first time in my life I was after a deer. And studying, you know, what direction he's walking in the morning compared to what direction he's walking in the afternoon. And the kind of the puzzle piece of a singular deer that I'm after, I, I you know, and, and years past, you know, I get trail cam pictures. You just look at them. You know, that's a nice buck. This year, you know, I was really honed in on what, well, you know, where is he traveling at what time of day? And kind of put the pieces together there. So that's something I looked, uh, I, the second thing I learned a lot about. And then most excited for next year uh a buck that i call bfd um i'm gonna get a picture of him if he's alive cross my fingers august and my first words are gonna be that's a big fucking deer um so i am looking forward to hunting him he's very similar to trident he's a homebody uh, passed him you know i think three times this year uh, i think saw him four times uh got you know same thing probably 150 to 200 pictures of him throughout the year. Got him in 2022 as well. I think he's going to be a four and a half year old deer this year. So we'll see if I have the balls to let him walk. I don't think I'm going to because he was hard to walk at three and a half. But that's what I'm looking forward to. The fucking first goddamn picture I get of him, August. I'm looking forward to that moment. And you're going to be getting a fucking call. I'm going to say, check your fucking phone. <laughs> I can't wait, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun year. It's gonna be a good year, I can tell. But it is. So many opportunities. Got a long ways to go, but it'll be here before you fucking know it, man. Yeah. At least we so. got at least we got this podcast to pass the time. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. That's I, I love this shit, dude. I could sit here and I mean, here we are an hour and seven minutes in, it feels like five minutes just sitting here talking about deer hunting. And yep. we got some good things to look forward to in the podcast. Got some good Absolutely. guests lined up. I'm yes, really, we do. Really excited about some uh, some guests um, that we're going to be having on. Which, if you're in the hunting, if you like hunting, you're going to know these guests um, for the most part. So, got some good shit coming, baby. Just gotta stay going, keep going. Yep, that's a sneak. That's a sneak peek. There, we're locked in, baby. We got some big names uh, in the industry that are going to stop in and say hi to everybody, and we're going to learn together. So. Uh, here we are, you know, episode two, Deer Camp Podcast. You got anything else, Mender? Um, if you have listened to podcast one and two and you don't listen to three, fuck you. Yeah, I, I, I second that. <laughs> I don't think he took the words out of my mouth. So, uh, you know, there Keep we are. Keep listening. Keep listening. No, <laughs> no, no, seriously, though. I mean, like I said, we talked about it. I think this would be a good podcast for someone that's like trying to learn, just like me and you. We're beginners. 
we're going to talk to some really cool people that have a ton of fucking knowledge um, and ask them, you know, questions, basic questions that you think you know the answer to, but you may really not, you know, get a better understanding. So we're excited about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are. So I guess uh, that, that concludes, you know, episode two, uh, Deer Camp Podcast. We, uh, we appreciate everybody who uh, tuned in to give us a listen and we'll catch you soon. Let us know what you think, everyone. Appreciate it, guys. See ya. Yep. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Deer Camp Podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time and maybe even learned a thing or two. Remember, shoot straight, stay safe out there, friends. See you back next time.